Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic Roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject, The Daily Tamid Lamb Offering. This is part one of the series. We're going to be covering the following areas. Number one, we are going to first review the component parts and elements of the daily Tamid lamb offering and see how it is associated and connected with the half shekel offering that the God of Israel commanded his people to make for the service of the sanctuary and as an atonement for their soul. Secondly, we're going to give an overview of the daily activities in the temple as it relates and pertains to the daily Tamid lamb offering. And in doing so, we are going to see how various parts of the day's activities in the temple, as well as the daily Tamid lamb offering itself, is related and associated with the events associated with Yeshua dying on the tree. And then we're going to look at the part of the temple daily service that is associated with the priest offering incense at the altar of incense and how this is associated with the birth of John the Baptist or Yochanan the Immerser. Then we're going to examine how the rabbis see Abraham offering up Isaac on the altar as a burnt offering, as described in Genesis chapter 22, is a prophetic foreshadowing of the daily Tamid lamb offering, first in the tabernacle and then in the first and second temples. Then we're going to look at how in Orthodox Judaism, how their daily prayers, with the focus being on the morning prayers, is patterned after the daily activities in the temple and the offering of the daily Tamid lamb offering. Then we're going to see how it's prophesied in the end of days that there will be a renewing of the daily Tamid lamb offering by Orthodox Jews in Jerusalem on the Temple Mount in the end of days and the demand to stop that daily offering by the false messiah in the beast system will bring about the start of the Great Tribulation 
and how the stopping of the daily Tamid lamb offering is linked and associated with what happened in the beginning of time before Adam and Eve was in the Garden of Eden when Lucifer led a rebellion of the heavenly hosts against Yeshua, his throne, and the continuous worship of Yeshua as the Lamb who was slain from the foundation of the world in the heavenly tabernacle. And finally, we're going to see that every Sabbath in the temple, the God of Israel commanded an additional Lamb offering. And in doing so, and as a part of the temple Sabbath service, The Song of Moses, Exodus chapter 15, was recited in the temple. And how the temple Sabbath service regarding the Song of Moses is instruction or teaching or is prophetic of an outline of events in the book of Revelation from Revelation in chapter 4 through Revelation chapter 19. So this is a summary of the outline of things that we're going to learn in this teaching So now let's begin to study the details of these things. First, we're going to review the details or the component parts of the daily Tamid lamb offering and how it is associated with the commandment by the God of Israel that every Israelite was to offer a half shekel once a year for the service of the sanctuary and for an atonement of their soul. To begin with, we want to look at Exodus chapter chapter 29 verse 38 as it is written now this is that which you shall offer upon the altar two lambs of the first year day by day continually and this word continually is the strong's number 8548 and it is the hebrew word tamid in exodus chapter 29 verse 39 it is written the one lamb you shall offer in the morning and the other lamb you shall offer at even in the hebrew what this means is in the afternoon. So we have a lamb that's offered in the morning and a second lamb that is offered in the afternoon. In the book, Ein Yaakov by Rabbi Yaakov ben Haviv, who lived from 1460 to 1516, in his introduction to this book, cites a classic Tanaic dispute pertaining to what constitutes the greatest verse in the Torah. And this question was asked by Rabbi Yehuda Hanan the editor of the Mishnah. So Ben Zoma said that the most important verse in the Torah is the Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, from Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4. Ben Nana says that the most important verse in the Torah is love your neighbors yourself, from Leviticus chapter 19, verse 18. However, Shimon Ben Pazi says that the most important verse in the Torah is the first lamb you shall sacrifice in the morning and the second lamb you shall sacrifice in the evening from Exodus chapter 29 verse 39. Rabbi Plony stood up and said the halakha or the official view of Orthodox Judaism of the most important verse in the Torah is in accordance with Ben Pazi. So this amplifies for you the significance as seen by the rabbis of the daily Tamid lamb offering.
offering. Therefore, as we continue in this study, we should pay very close attention to understanding the daily Tamid lamb offering and the spiritual application to Yeshua and helping us to understand the things of the kingdom of God. So in the book, The Temple, Its Ministry and Services by Alfred Edersheim on page 108, he states the following. According to general agreement, the morning sacrifice or the morning lamb was brought at the third hour of the biblical day, corresponding to our nine o'clock in the morning. In the works of Josephus in Antiquity of the Jews, 14.4.3, he explains that the evening lamb sacrifice was done around 3 p.m. He writes, And anyone may hence learn how very great piety we exercise toward God in the observance of our laws, since the priests were not at all hindered from their sacred ministrations by their fear during the time of the Roman siege of Jerusalem and the temple, but did still twice a day, according to the Torah, in the morning and about the ninth hour, that would be 3 p.m. in the afternoon, offer their sacrifice sacrifices on the altar in the temple. So the daily Tamid lamb offering was a burnt offering under the God of Israel, and it was to be offered with what the King James refers to as the meat offering, which in Hebrew is minha, which is an offering you give from your heart, and the drink offering. In Exodus chapter 29 verse 40 it is written, and with the one lamb a tenth deal of flour mingled with the fourth part of a hen of beaten oil and the fourth part of a hen of wine for a drink offering. That would be in the morning. Then in Exodus chapter 29 verse 41 and the other lamb you shall offer at evening or in the afternoon as we've already seen at 3 p.m. in the afternoon and you shall thereto according to the meat offering of the morning and according to the drink offering thereof for a sweet savor and offering made by fire unto the Lord. Spiritually, the drink offering represents a total commitment of ourselves unto the God of Israel. Paul referred to his life and service unto Messiah and unto his body was likened unto a drink offering. In Philippians chapter 2 verses 16 and 17, it is written, Holding forth the word of life, that I may rejoice in the day of Messiah, that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. But even if I am being poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrifice and service of your faith. The God of Israel specified that the meat offering, the minha, was to be seasoned with salt. In Leviticus chapter 2 verse 8 and verse 13, it is written, And you shall bring the meat offering. When it is presented unto the priest, he shall bring it unto the altar. In every oblation of your meat offering shall you season with salt. Neither shall you suffer the salt of the covenant of your God to be lacking from your meat offering. With all your offerings you shall offer salt. The God of Israel required salt upon his altar as an expression of worship unto him. Yeshua said in Mark chapter 9 verse 49, For everyone shall be salted with fire, and every sacrifice shall be salted with salt. 
So the burnt offering was given with salt. In Ezekiel chapter 43, verses 18 and 24, it is written, And he said unto me, Son of man, thus says the Lord God, These are the ordinances of the altar in the day when they shall make it, to offer burnt offerings thereon, and to sprinkle blood thereon. And you shall offer them, and the priest shall cast salt upon them, and they shall offer them up for a burnt offering unto the Lord. So what's the spiritual meaning? of salt being used upon the altar of the God of Israel. Salt is associated with having a relationship with someone and in having that relationship for it to be fixed forever and unchangeable. It meant an eternal relationship with full commitment unto the other party. So what the God of Israel is saying to us, he wants to have a relationship with us that is eternal, fixed forever and unchanging, and he wants it to be a relationship of full commitment. So from the book, The Salt Covenant by Clay Tremble on page 134, he explains, salt stands for and corresponds with, and it symbolizes blood and life. As such, it represents the supreme gift from the supreme giver. Because of this significance of salt, when made use as means of a lasting union or relationship, the covenant of salt is a form or phase of the blood covenant, or it can symbolize or represent the essence of the heart of a blood covenant as being fixed, permanent, and unchangeable, enduring forever. So next we can see how the offering of a morning lamb and an afternoon lamb every day as a burnt offering under the God of Israel was meant by him to be continuous, or in Hebrew, tamid. In Exodus chapter 29 verse 42, it is written, This shall be a continuous burnt offering throughout your generations at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation before the Lord, where I will meet you to speak there unto you. This lamb burnt offering was to be upon God's altar all night. In Leviticus chapter 6 verses 8 and 9, it is written, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Command Aaron and his sons, saying, This is the Torah of the burnt offering. It is the burnt offering because of the burning upon the altar all night unto the morning, and the fire of the altar shall be burning in it. So, in looking at some of the details of the service, initially, the ashes of the burnt offering was put beside the altar. We can see this in Leviticus chapter 6, verse 10, as it is written, And the priest shall put on his linen garment and his linen breeches, shall he put upon his flesh, and take up the ashes which the fire has consumed with the burnt offering on the altar, and he shall put them beside the altar. Then, as the ashes start to accumulate, eventually the ashes of the burnt offering are to be taken outside the camp. In Leviticus chapter 6 verse 11 it is written, And he shall put off his garments and put on other garments and carry forth the ashes without or outside the camp unto a clean place. 
spiritually, our lives are to be a burnt offering to the God of Israel, which means he wants our full and total and complete commitment of our lives unto him. We can see this from Romans chapter 12, verse 1, as it is written. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies, or our lives, a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. So, in the daily activities of the temple, there were certain duties that were to be performed by the priests and the Levites. And the instruction regarding the service of these things, as it pertained to the temple, was given to King David by the God of Israel through his spirit, which he then gave to Solomon, regarding the details and the instructions for the courses of the priests and the Levites. We can see this from First Chronicles chapter 28, verse 11 and verse 13, as it is written. Then David gave to Solomon his son the pattern of the porch, and also for the courses of the priests and the Levites, and for all the work of the service of the house of the Lord, and for all the vessels of service in the house of the Lord. So these things were given to King David that he passed along to Solomon, who the God of Israel used to build the first temple. And these things were given to King David by by the Holy Spirit. We can see this in 1 Chronicles chapter 28, verses 12 and 19, as it is written, and the pattern of all that he had by the Spirit of the courts of the house of the Lord. All this said David, the Lord made me understand in writing by his hand upon me even all the works of this pattern. So various priestly duties were decided by the drawing of lots. We can see this from 1 Chronicles chapter 24 verse 5 as it is written. Thus were they divided by lot, one sort with another. For the governors of the sanctuary and the governors of the house of God were of the sons of Eleazar and of the sons of Itamar. So Eleazar and Itamar were sons of Aaron. So the God of Israel instructed King David to organize the priests of the 24 courses. This is shown to us in 1 Chronicles chapter 24 verse 1 and verse 4 as it is written. Now these are the divisions of the sons of Aaron. The sons of Aaron were Nadab and Abihu, Eleazar and Itamar. So since Nadab and Abihu offered strange fire unto the Lord, when the children of Israel were in the wilderness, the God of Israel judged them, and they died. And thus who were left of the sons of Aaron were Eleazar and Itamar. And so among the sons of Eleazar were sixteen chief men of the house of their fathers, and eight among the sons of Itamar, according to the house of their fathers. It is explained in the Talmud, in Ta'anit 26a, that these twenty-four courses of priests served in the temple according to their courses every year twice a year. The Talmud explains it as follows. The following are the details concerning the Ma'amadot, that is, the 24 divisions of the Israelites corresponding to the 24 courses of priests who would serve in the temple. The earlier prophets, referring to the days of King David, instituted 24 Mishmarot, or districts, and each Mishmar, or district, 
was represented at the temple in Jerusalem by its own ma'amad, or group or divisions of people consisting of priests, Levites, and the general population of Israelites. And when the time came for the Mishmar, that is the district, to go to Jerusalem, the priests and Levites went up to Jerusalem, and the Israelites of that Mishmar or district assembled in their cities and read from the Torah the story of creation. So the specific priestly course, when it was their duty to serve during the course of the year, they worked in the temple for one week at a time. And we can see this from First Chronicles chapter 9, verses 14, 23, and 25, as it is written. And of the Levites, and so they and their children had the oversight of the gates of the house of the Lord. And their brethren, which were in their villages, were to come after seven days from time to time with them. So the service of the Levites in the temple began and ended on each Sabbath. In Second Chronicles chapter 23, verse 2, verse 6, and verse 8, it is written, And they gathered the Levites out of all the cities of Judah, and they came to Jerusalem. But let none come into the house of the Lord, save the priests, and they that minister of the Levites. So the Levites took every man his men that were to come in on the Sabbath with them that were to go out on the Sabbath. Next, we can see that the Levites had a variety of duties in the temple for their service. In First Chronicles chapter 23, verses 27 and 28, it is written, For by the last words of David, the Levites were numbered from 20 years old and above, because their office was to wait on the sons of Aaron for the service of the house of the Lord, in the courts and in the chambers, and in the purifying of all holy things, in the work of the service of the house of God. God. We can further see how the Levites had a variety of duties in the temple from 1 Chronicles chapter 23, verses 29 and 31, as it is written. But for the showbread, and for the fine flour for meat offering, and for the unleavened cakes, and for that which is baked in the pan, and for that which is fried, and for all manner of measure and size, and to offer all burnt sacrifices under the Lord in the Sabbaths, in the new moons, and on the set feasts, by number, according to the order commanded unto them continually, before the Lord. So among the different duties of the Levites in the temple, there were those who were appointed to be singers and worshipers. First Chronicles chapter 25 verses 6 and 7. All these were under the hands of their father for song in the house of the Lord with cymbals, psalteries, and harps for the service of the house of God. So the number of them with their brethren that were instructed in the songs of the Lord, even all that were cunning, was two hundred fourscore and eight. So let's summarize this first part of the teaching that we've covered so far. Number one, the God of Israel commanded that there be two lambs offered as a burnt offering every day, along with the meat or minha and drink offering. Number two, one lamb was offered in the morning around 9 a.m. and the second lamb was offered in the afternoon around 3 p.m. Number three, the burnt offering was made with salt. Spiritually, salt represents an eternal relationship and commitment to another party, in this case, the people of Israel with the God of Israel. Number four, the burnt offering upon the altar was to remain all night. Number five, initially, the ashes of the burnt offering were put beside the altar. Later, they were to be taken outside the camp to a clean place. Number six, 
A fire was to remain on the altar at all times. Number seven. The God of Israel gave King David instruction for the courses of the priests and Levites. Number eight. There were 24 courses of priests. In addition to the festival seasons, each course served in the temple twice a year, and they did so during their week of the year from Sabbath to Sabbath. Number nine, the priests and Levites had a variety of duties which were assigned to them by drawing lots. Number ten, among the various duties of the Levites, there were those who were appointed to be singers and worshipers who used different kinds of musical instruments in their worship. Next, we're going to look at the commandment by the God of Israel that every Israelite above 20 years of age was to bring once a year a half shekel for the service of the sanctuary of God and also as an atonement for their soul. And this is how it was understood how the daily Tamid lamb offering was a communal or a community sacrifice. It represented and it was done on behalf of the nation. Well, that's going to conclude part one of the series on the subject, the daily Tamid lamb offering. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and... Please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.